Meathead Hippie episode. Um, this is a little bit of a different podcast. I am right now in the middle of a full-blown program creation, Body Awareness Project Part 2. And sometimes when you're in the middle of something that you just cannot wait to put out into the world, which I really can't, uh, I can't really think of anything else. So I have these incredible guests that I'm ready to film with and I want to talk with and you know, they're they all in some way deal with stress or deal with creation or entrepreneur, which is what Body Awareness Project Part 2 is. It's for adrenals, for cortisol dysfunction in the gym, um, for shift workers, for entrepreneurs, for everybody. And, you know, as much as I love that you can take pieces of that in podcasting is actually one of my ways that I try to zen out. And, you know, there's still something to be said, like, I cannot think of, you know, the whole time I would be talking to this person and being like, adrenals, adrenals, cortisol, HPA. <laughs> so I decided to do something different. And I took two of my, two of many of my favorite clips from part one, that part one body awareness project is all about the skin. And I think that's great for people, you know, obviously the people that know that that's something they need to work on or want to work on if they have acne or any sort of skin issue. But there's so many gems from that program that maybe somebody that doesn't have skin issues would still really, really love. And so I pulled two of them. The first one is Lauren, Lauren Geertsen. Uh, she's incredible. She was a group leader at my NTA training, Nutritional Therapy Association. She is a fellow NTP. She's a blogger at Empowered Sustenance. And she is just a gem of, gem of a human. She's also a poet. And that's really the piece of like emotional healing and the journey that you are on when you are kind of just in any sort of healing state, but also just when you're just trying to be a better version of you. And then I brought back Diane Sanfilippo, who is a partner in the Body Awareness Project. So she is a big part of part one, skin, because we both suffered from a lot of acne, a lot of skin issues. We were able to use food to heal and also cosmetics and like her understanding. And you guys, if you follow her, you know how much she loves safe skincare. And then also um, she's a huge piece of part two. And so I just, I think she's just a badass boss that's an entrepreneur, a creative entrepreneur, and just has a lot of great real life practical advice. So those are the two clips that are going to be your Meathead Hippie podcast today. And I hope you love them. Let me know what you think. Part two is hopefully launching mid-July. We have a couple box items we're sorting out. And so uh, official launch date has not been set, but I'm aiming for mid-July. And of course, I'll announce here as soon as that happens. And I am actually about to go to Yellowstone. Um, so I'm really excited to do some some unpacking, unpacking in Yellowstone. I've never been, and I feel so spoiled because I just saw some incredible mountains in Alaska. So I'm really, really grateful. Um, trying to fit in a couple more trips before the gym opens in September. And if you're in Denver, details will be coming soon. Hopefully next week's next week's podcast. But we have a. Um, we have a really great event we're planning with noon. So noon tablets. I made some noon mimosas yesterday for 4th of July, if you guys saw. And we are going to do noon, noon mimosas on the rooftop of Platform Strength, even though it's not ready, July 22nd. So I cannot wait for that. We're going to have those headphones that you put on. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen those, but they're so cool. It's like really 
you, music's playing and it's right in your ear and you don't have to worry about like the person to your left or the person to your right because it just puts you in your body. And I just can't wait. It's going to be a really unique, fun way to work out together. My group workouts sometimes can be a little intense and we had a, such a fun time at Red Rocks. If you guys were a part of that, we had like such a great turnout with Epic, but point being, we're going to switch it up. We're going to do some yoga and some impact mobility. So Hopefully I see you July 22nd and you'll get a sneak peek of the gym opening in September and then body awareness, blah, 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 and board talking. Enjoy the episode. <laughs> I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate meathead hippie. Welcome to the show. Okay, so let's dig into the, the sentence you wrote that I'm obsessed with. Acne is a sacred message from our body. Um, what does that mean to you? I really believe nothing ever goes wrong with our body. Um, this is just uh, an idea we have from Western medicine suggesting that when we have symptoms, it means our body is broken and we can fix it with a pill. Hmm. And that's really not true because even when we have symptoms or disease, it's the body doing the best it can in the environment we give it and with the materials we give it. And mm. so symptoms are sacred because the voice of our body, which I believe is also the voice of our soul, is telling us what's wrong and can lead us to the answers of what we can do to fix it and have better health. Mm, that is powerful. So if somebody, I think this is so powerful with skin, Mm -hmm. because we see skin and we immediately, I mean, it's something everyone sees. So it's like this emotional connection to self where we become self-loathing. How, what's the process of being able to see something like acne, which we want to hide from and we want to cover up and go away. How can we learn how to like not hate it as much as we do? Because I think what it turns into is this self-hatred, this self-loathing. Right. I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not worth good skin. Is yeah. there? Do you have tricks to help break that cycle to see something, maybe just acknowledging that this is a symptom, this is something sacred, but that's a hard jump to take for some people. What, is, what are some ways that you help yourself with that? It really is. And um, I, I believe part of it is perfectionism and how that's ingrained into our culture. Um, but I think the other piece here is saying that um, if symptoms are a sacred message, then health challenges are actually an initiation into who we truly are. They're, they initiate us into the healing journey, um, which is one of my favorite things to talk about, because what, what we can understand when we have a, an image of the healing journey is that it's not just about acne. That's like little tiny, small. And if we focus on that, then we're going to go out of our minds. Mm -hmm. But if we can step back and see that our acne is actually leading us to this archetypal path of how we find our soul, mm -hmm. then we can have so much reverence for what our body is telling us and what it's going through for the purpose of us finding who we truly are. Mm. I feel like you've been on this journey and you have had some big light bulbs go off. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, what are, what's some ways for people to experience that? If this is brand new to them, they join this program because they are just so sick of the way their face looks and they just don't want to do it anymore. What's a good first or second step for them to kind of get in touch to this more spiritual component of healing? Well, the first thing is 
the understanding of the healing journey. And um, I can give a quick overview of yeah, that. Yeah, I would love to hear so, that. Yeah. Um, it's based on Joseph Campbell's works, and he was a mythologist. So he studied myths from all ancient cultures and found there were parallels in what he called the hero's journey. And I realized that the hero's journey was the same as the healing journey. So it starts with the, the first step in this journey is the ordinary life. This is our, our normal world when we're trying to live and look like everybody else. But the thing is, in our our heart and mind and soul, we feel like there should be something more. Like, I don't feel fulfilled. Um, then step two is uh, the call to the journey. And this is what acne does. It is the call from our body saying, um, step onto the path, recognize what I'm trying to tell you, because there's some healing to, to be done. You, you're not supposed to stay in this normal world. Uh, but then what always happens is step number three, which is refusal of the call. And this is when we see the whole paradigm of Western medicine is helping people refuse the call to their healing journey yep. because they say erase symptoms from your body and don't listen to your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we are faced with acne, usually the first step is we don't listen to the deeper meaning here and we just try to treat it topically. Um, so the refusal of the call is step three and it's archetypal. Everybody does this and there's no need for self blame and looking back at your path and thinking I should have known this before because you had to get that step done to mm-hmm. move forward. So true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you've been there too. <laughs> um, we, all, we all have. And uh, so the next step is, uh, let me see, I've got some notes here. Step four is crossing the threshold. And this is where we realize that no matter how hard we try, we are not going to be able to recover our normalcy ever again. Like our health has um, challenged us to a degree that we can't hide and have to do something. And, and usually it's like a sense of like, well, fine, like, okay, fine. I'll do it if I have to. Yeah. Um, and it, it can, we're usually reluctant to take that first step. I envision this uh, step four, crossing the threshold as Dorothy stepping onto the golden brick road. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's and for you. And like for you, it was the moment of it's either the surgery or it's a complete overhaul. Like my normalcy mm-hmm. has totally changed. That's exactly it. Mm. Yeah. And then what happens is step five is support and temptations. Mm. And so it really is a law of the universe that anybody who's on a healing journey is going to be presented with guidance. And I think it's divine guidance. So I think it's our soul contacting us and telling us where we need to go. It's our intuition speaking to us. And um, also people coming into our lives, be it healthcare practitioners, um, resources like books and websites, but also temptations come in as well. That's a law of the universe because without the temptations, we aren't growing enough to face the next step in our journey. Mm. Um, And I want to clarify, I think the temptations has this connotation that it's going to be like... uh, the, the devil coming to us with a cupcake. Um, <laughs> but I, I really think it's the old mindset and old thought patterns we have that uh, we start to go down and tell ourselves we're a victim. We're not strong enough to do this. We, uh, this isn't worth it. I think that's the temptation. Yeah. Or that, yeah, that you're not worth it. Like I don't deserve yes. this. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the self-hate rather than the self-love. Uh, yeah, which, which is what the whole journey is about. Um, 
Then step number six here is uh, facing the greatest fear. And this is also dark night of the soul. Um, and this, in my journey, uh, and what I also want to say is like, there are journeys within journeys, concentric circles in a way. But one of the dark nights of my soul and one of my healing uh, journeys was having to leave college my first semester um, because my health was so severe. And I, saw, I, I thought that um, I was at my dream school. I was, I was dancing. I thought I could look normal and seem normal. And by leaving, um, I didn't know how I was ever going to recover my life. Um, but that takes us to the next step. Once we have that, it's a metaphorical death. The dark night of the soul is a death of the life we had planned so we can have the life that we're destined for. And it feels so tragic when it happens. It feels like it really is the end all be all. And it's so hard to remove yourself from it when you're in it, but there's never been a, a death of a past self or a thing that needed to end without just such beautiful rebirth. Yes. That's mm -hmm. well said because that's the mm -hmm. next step, which is resurrection, rebirth. Mm -hmm. I I've never heard. Yeah. This is so cool. I love that you're introducing this to me. This is awesome. Oh, I'm so well. It, you you sound familiar with it. I think I'm just putting words to what you already explained. Yeah, just the process, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, resurrection being just kind of this sense of new self or well-being, or is it just? Well, it, it's actually where we find the gifts in our soul that get us through the dark night. Um, so our own, our own shining light within us and, um, that first heals ourselves. First, we pull ourselves up and out of the darkness, but then the last step in the cycle, which is number eight is the return home. And we take mm -hmm. that gift that we have discovered in us and we offer it back to our normal, ordinary world. We come back to that world, a changed person. Um, and can offer our gifts to help other people heal. Oh, I love that. And that's what you're doing. That is so cool. <laughs> you, you are too. We are all doing that. Yeah. Um, that is beautiful. So just seeing it's even something as, you know, as much of a nuisance as acne and pimples and not feeling comfortable, just understanding that it's all a part of this journey that we're on. Exactly. And I think when we understand that, we can be more willing to make the big dietary and lifestyle changes that we're reluctant to. That is a great point because it is so overwhelming and such a big step for so many people. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, yeah, that's so true. It's a, a spiritual why instead of like a, I just want better skin why. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well said. <laughs> Mm, I love it. Well, I'm excited to get into the three root causes with you. This is so mm -hmm. great to have on this because as you know, health and feeling the best you is so much more than just a meal plan and movement. It's, it goes deep and I really appreciate you getting deep on this. And I have to have you on my Meathead Hippie podcast because you would just fit right in. <laughs> I would love to talk more with you. Like I just yeah. love having a conversation with you anytime. Yeah. And just for all my listeners uh, who know that I ask spirit animals all the time, behind Lauren's head is her spirit animal, which is an elephant. <laughs> so we're meant to we're meant to be friends. <laughs> yeah. All right, that was Lauren from Empowered Sustenance. If you Google Empowered Sustenance or find them on Instagram, you can follow her. And now we're going to switch to Diane Sanfilippo, a badass author of Practical Paleo. If you want more of Diane. We are have we have already done a podcast, so make sure you check out um, in January 
the podcast with Diane and I talking about sugar addiction and resolutions and tendencies and how to stick with something, how to stay motivated. And I think you guys will love it. We both run programs. I run the MFIT Challenge. She has the 21 Day Sugar Detox. And we just, we, we get it. We're rebels. We don't like systems. And I think it's just so fun to um, relate to her on so many levels. You're going to love her. So enjoy. All right. So I love that people are talking about this now, but one thing I really want to talk about with you specifically, you know, we, we know obviously the importance of food, the internal things that are happening in our body, liver, lung, gut connection to skin, but we are not talking enough about what we're putting on our skin and what we're surrounding our skin with. And so I would love to talk about how you had that kind of epiphany. You became aware of the, you know, the cosmetics we used to have and hear the story of where you are now with that. Yeah. So I mentioned about, well, when I talked about switching my own skincare to trying to find something organic and then going full coconut oil or water and then Mm -hmm. coming back around on it because I wanted to find something that would work well for my skin that had potency in terms of delivering nutrients to my skin, but also wasn't going to be harmful. And I think what most people don't realize is that the personal care industry is almost entirely unregulated. And we are so used to now flipping around, I have my kombucha, flipping it around and reading the ingredients. And we expect to see that. Maybe if it's a teeny tiny package, it'll be like, is it website, you know, or on an airplane, maybe they have to send you somewhere because it physically can't fit but that's regulated, very, very tightly regulated. And, you know, if there's a problem, we need to know about it. Things are getting stamped organic and that has meaning. And there's just a lot of regulation there. Not to say that our food system is perfect and all of that, but it's but I don't, changes. yeah. Yeah. I don't think that most people realize and I certainly didn't realize that there is no ingredient disclosure regulation around our personal care industry. And that includes things like cleaning products. And there, there was actually a bill recently passed. I think it was just here in California, but that's always a good thing because it tends to spread throughout the country that within a certain number of years, companies will need to disclose ingredients. So that was like a huge win and something that, um, something that beauty counter has been pushing for, which is a really interesting thing. And you know, beauty counter is not the only company working towards this, but it's so interesting, um, looking for more regulation around the industry. So the reason that this hit me was that people who deal with food sensitivities often are also dealing with chemical sensitivities to what's going on in their environment or alternatively, this is where this stuff gets like, can we ever win? But (laughs) you might be actually responding to environmental toxins that are then causing leaky gut and then causing you to not tolerate certain foods when really it's not the food. Like if you're responding to real whole foods and you're like, why can't I eat eggs or why can't I eat something that just seems so innocent? Yeah. It could be that your body is having an immune response to some of these environmental toxins and that's putting your system on overdrive and causing leaky gut. So there is no one, you know, this thing causes this because as we said before, everyone's so different, but there are a lot of 
harmful ingredients. They're known to be potentially harmful. They may not have a direct, this always causes that, but they are linked to different things. And we know that correlation is not causation, but we also know that once we learn that something could be problematic and there's a better way to do it, well, why not just do it the better way? Because so many of us are struggling with issues that we're unable to put our finger on exactly what the problem is. So I think, you know, this is where we obviously align. It's like, well, let's just get the stuff that we know is problematic out so that we can just focus on the stuff that's going to be um, healthy and support our system. So for me, you know, it's that awakening that we all have when we change our food, like, okay, so we were told all these things and actually the exact opposite is true. Then it happens with something like sunscreen and sun protection and how we're told to like always wear 40 pounds of sunscreen and never get any sun exposure. And then we, you know, learn that that's not really entirely true, that we can't produce vitamin D optimally if we don't ever get sun exposure. So it's kind of like cracking everything open and everything that we thought we knew, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that people falsely assume that anyone is looking out for us when it comes to personal care. And so that's one of the things that definitely like you know that for you. Can you yeah. give me examples, uh, even some that you have sent me in the past of, you know, typical beauty products that we get all the time, mascara, foundation, etc. And what is actually what's going on in them and why it's so bad for us? I think this is something I'm I'm just tapping the surface of, and I'm like, what? I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's true. It's like, how is this legal? Yeah, there. Well, so you know, right now I probably, I don't know if the, the image that I showed you, mm-hmm. I think right now it's still proprietary. I think eventually um, okay. beauty counter will be able to share it, but I'll give you just an example. And, um, you know, maybe we can give people some notes later that kind of get into the details because I think it will be overwhelming if we talk about like every specific ingredient. So here's the thing when it comes to personal care ingredients, it's almost even worse than trying to read the ingredients on your food label because we all know when we read a food label, like what certain things are. And then if we don't recognize something, we often can be like, okay, that might not be safe. Or we can look it up and see what it is like, you know, um, guar gum or something like that. Mm -hmm. That doesn't sound like a normal food that we would eat. But when it comes to personal care, what's actually different is that there are ingredients that are safe to use that might not be food grade ingredients. Things can be safe on your skin that you wouldn't consume. So I know there was something that, um, you know, talking about things that go on our skin being as important as what we eat. And, and I will get back to that mascara question, but there's a little bit of a divide here. So I just want to clarify something that when we eat food, it actually comes into contact with like a huge (laughs) mucous membrane of our digestive system. And we have to break that stuff down in our digestive system. And there are certain personal care products that might have that experience like our lipsticks or lip gloss, or if something touches our eyes um, or goes like close to our nose, there are things that we might also inhale that we could have that experience with. But what goes on our skin, it doesn't have the exact same experience with our internal system as food that we eat. So it is super important that what we put on our skin is not harmful. It does not have to be food grade ingredients to be not harmful. Does that make sense? Yeah, very so, much. Because there, there's a difference, and this is something I just want to um, help people understand. And I actually have notes so that I don't like mess it up or forget to say something, but <laughs> um, there's a difference between absorption and penetration 
so not to get like weird, but we can have things that are absorbed into our system mm-hmm. or things that like penetrate the skin and it's not exactly the same. So this is something that I asked Liz, I was like, can you please break this down for me a little bit more? Because I'm like, this is obviously not, you know, I'm not the expert on this, but I'm studying it more because obviously I'm getting super into it. Um, but so I'm going to read you guys some notes about this. So chemicals are absorbed into circulation and are able to do so thanks to the oils or water that deliver these through the first few layers of the epidermis. So your skin, so that they can make it through. So there are things that you might put like on your skin that can't get delivered through unless they're carried in oil or water. But most of our personal care products, you know, there's oil and water in different forms in there. So um, she said, think in the case of essential oils or fat soluble vitamins, for example, like we need those to be carried in certain ways so that our body can do something with it. Um, and I mean, just a really, this is such a rudimentary example, but like matter that exists here can't like go into my skin without being in a different form. Do you know what I mean? Like this plastic that might hold that lip gloss, BPA free plastic, you know, it doesn't like go into my skin just because it's touching my skin. There has to be a carrier and a a mechanism for that to happen. So I think that's one thing that we just need to clarify. So lipids and water are penetration enhancers or carriers to varying degrees, but they're not absorbed in circulation. They penetrate to varying levels of epidermis, but not further than that. Mm. So they do things for our skin, but that doesn't necessarily mean that these things get delivered directly into our organs. So I think that's just a big, um, it's so important that we talk about the, you know, the ingredients that we put Mm -hmm. on our skin, but it's also important that we not take it too far. Like that's a big Mm -hmm. thing for me. I don't like for people to fear monger. That's, you know, just like we want to make sure people understand it. Okay. So, um, olive oil has actually been studied to be one of the highest penetrating oils, but applying, extra virgin olive oil doesn't deliver the olive oil into your circulation, right? You have Mm. to eat it for that to happen. So they penetrate, but they're not absorbed. So that's, you know, it's a little bit complicated, but um, another example we have is if you think of water and if you actually absorbed the water that was outside of your skin, you wouldn't be able to take a bath. Mm -hmm. So our skin actually um, allows it to penetrate a bit, but it doesn't fully absorb. It just will evaporate. Um, and we also can't hydrate in a bath. We have to drink our water or get it intravenously. So good examples. Yeah. Yeah. I think those things really help Mm -hmm. to understand it and just understanding the difference between that penetration versus absorption and water and oil. Um, they interact differently with our skin and each can carry different things through the layers of the skin, but they don't typically carry things like all the way to our organs. Mm -hmm. That being said, It is important to know that there are people who have um, reduced ability to detoxify environmental irritants or environmental toxins. There are people who, you know, their skin reacts to different things differently. And so that's one of the reasons why finding safer skincare is so important. And it's totally fine if folks want to go the route of using only products that seem to be food grade. Like I have no problem with people wanting to do that. I'm just a makeup girl. And I like, you know, skincare that has different um, elements to it yeah. that are maybe not something I would just eat like coconut oil. So I really wanted to find something that kind of had the best of both of those worlds, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that that's something that I think we deserve that, mm-hmm. you know? I, can't, I don't know. It, it kind of blew my mind that 
the entire personal care industry is governed by a page and a half of legislation. Mm-hmm. And it's like a tens of billions of dollar industry. So mm-hmm. I just don't think most of us realize that, that nobody's basically looking out for what goes into this mm-hmm. stuff. It's, I mean, maybe it's like the next thing to tip after food, you know, because we're also aware of things like um, issues with Monsanto and being like intertwined with our government. I think eventually we're going to find out that like some people who sit on the board at some of these big cosmetics companies are just trying to keep everything copacetic and like nobody say anything because we don't want to change what we're doing. Because if they find out that these ingredients can be harmful, then we're going to have to change everything, you know? And I think with detoxing, like it is scary. It's like the rabbit hole. Do we want to go down that? But I do because it's like, there's a point, but it's what you said is great. Like there's a fear mongering is so everywhere. And so just finding the balance and even changing out some products. And I think it's so important, especially with skin, because when we're detoxing yeah. and we're doing it correctly, our skin reflects that. And when we're just having chemicals on our skin that we don't really know what they're doing. It, I just want to personally, have you felt a lot different, like whether it's liver function or just better overall with switching kind of those big major products to something safer? Yeah. I think one of the things that I notice is, um, just not the same level of irritation. Like my eyes don't get irritated the same way. And, um, part of it for me is also besides acne, I didn't have, um, I don't know that I can tell the hormonal impact because I don't think that these things are happening for everyone in like a week by week, month by month basis. I think it's a longer term accumulation. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's not something that we eat because it's this exposure environmentally, it's a and dose it, and duration issue. Yeah. It's, it's like all the time. Day. Exactly. So, and, and we don't know, we just don't know who it's affecting and how. And so, you know, with something like breast cancer being as prevalent and growing as it is, it's one of those things where it's like, we know that there are environmental triggers for cancer in general. So we're doing the best we can by not smoking, by eating organic foods. And so if we know that there's something that we can change with our personal care to get potentially carcinogenic ingredients out of it, then it's just another step. And it's another option for people who feel like, I'm concerned about this. Yeah. You know, if you're concerned about it, do something just like if somebody doesn't tell me they don't feel well, I'm not going to come approach them with a different way to eat. But if you're like, you know what? I am concerned about this, or I just had a baby and I really don't want to be putting things on my baby skin that might be harmful. Mm-hmm. Um, we can just do something that's a little bit different, you know, and take a different yeah. approach. So that's- the thing that you were asking me about with the mascara, this was just an example. And again, I'll, I'll give it as like a macro level example, but and, and, you know, Beauty Counter is one company who does this and other companies are doing this too. And I just don't know all the details of how everyone does it, but any company that's trying to avoid harmful ingredients, like formaldehyde is one, for example, that's typically in a mascara and trying to avoid those ingredients. It's like back to the drawing board to reformulate all of these products. And that's super challenging because as consumers, we're very used to how mascara works Mm -hmm. and what it should look like and how it applies and how it feels and looking for ways to achieve those same things with, you know, more natural or like less harmful or not harmful ingredients at all. That's a big challenge. So Mm -hmm. I do find it fascinating. I'm like, good, good for this, for these companies who are going after it, you know, to try and figure that out when nobody's saying that they have to. 
Yeah, they're just you doing know? it because there's like clearly a a mission statement morally. I think for these these owners that are you know, putting the good in the world, like the companies that Fatco included is one of them yeah. that I could tell. They're just like primarily pure. Mm-hmm. And the thing is too, um, and this is important to know too, like even when it comes to something like essential oils, you know, even natural ingredients can be problematic for certain people. Like mm-hmm. somebody might not respond well to something like lavender oil and it's totally natural, but you know, just because something is natural doesn't mean it's for you. It's for everyone. Exactly. So I think that it's just, it's just great to know there are more options now for For finding something that can work for us. I like that a lot. Do you have any, um, kind of favorite, I want to ask in the next video, kind of your own personal face, face protocol. So maybe we should save it. Uh, but is there any, you know, beauty counter things that have like, you can't live without or that you want to talk about? Yeah. I mean that the charcoal bar that I talked about first, that's definitely the one that, um, as far as a cleanser for my skin Mm -hmm. and and also the charcoal mask, when I use that mask, my skin feels brighter and clearer and just less inflamed and soft. Um, Yeah. It's just super soft. It's just a great, it it feels like a facial. (laughs) That was, I just did that in my house for 10 minutes. Uh, those are a couple of great ones. And then for the people who are into something like oil cleansing that I talked about earlier, and I know a lot of people love oil cleansing, the cleansing balm, mm-hmm. it's like a firm, you know, at room temperature, it's not liquidy, it's a oh. balm and you scoop out like a pea or a chickpea sized amount and then massage it into your face. I used that last night. I use that when my skin feels a little more dry versus okay. the charcoal bar when it feels a little more oily, oily. and um, it's just like super hydrating and can be used for a million things. Um, it's just a great, a great product. So yeah, those and, are a couple of my favorites. And I know you always post like when you get new favorites and new shades and new colors and you have a private email list for people that are into this. So yeah. I'll make sure I plug that into this below. Yeah. It's just fun. Yeah. You know, it's, it's You're, fun. You- you're just totally opposite than me. Cause I do it out of necessity. Like, I feel like I, I mean, I feel better when I put makeup on, but I, yeah. I hate it. I hate it so much. I just, I, I don't know what it is. It always has stressed me out. So I almost, I envy your, I think that it's like a talent. It's like a skill to put on makeup. I think it's fun. To put makeup <laughs> on. Like it's like an art project, the same way cooking is like an art project. And I used to do art projects when I was a kid. So it's like an art project. And now I'm like, Ooh, I'm not kidding. There's six lip glosses sitting right here. I have because, because I'm, I mean, who knows when the moment strikes that I need a lip gloss. Um, I find it really fun. And I think kind of the same way we've seen healthy convenience foods become more available Mm -hmm. and we can just like not stress so much about it. You Mm -hmm. know, now if there's jerky or trail mix or whatever it is that, or granola bars or whatever that are just not filled with the same junk, Mm -hmm. we can enjoy the things that we've always enjoyed and kind of (laughs) assimilate into society in a way that's like, (laughs) you know, I don't have to not put makeup on just because I want to have a healthier lifestyle. For me, that's, you know, it's fun. And I don't wear makeup most of the time, most days of the week. I don't put makeup on. Um, but I put it on more often now because I'm like, oh, I want to play with all the things that are fun. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs>